Good morning, church. Good morning. My name is Kelly Sisko. I'll be your worship guide this morning and for the month of January. I do have a few announcements. First, um, you've seen a few of these scrolling across the screen. There are blessing box items needed. Um, it's items like peanut butter, bread, canned meat, spaghetti, and tomato sauce, cereal, canned fruit, and vegetables. And it said we can also use more, use more kids' books. Um, so if you can bring those to the church, it would be greatly appreciated. Grief Share starts on Thursday, February 2nd at 7 o'clock in the Serendipity Room. Grief Share is a special weekly seminar to, and support group designed to, to help you rebuild your life. Also, the Lillian Faith uh, has their next meeting on February 14th. Uh, it'll be at the Paddock Pub at 1030 for a little Valentine celebration. And then last, for your attendance, you might not have seen the yellow sheets in your bulletins this morning. Um, there was all kinds of um, issues with internet and getting things printed, so be really thankful you have a bulletin to hold in your hand this morning. <laughs> so, you can record your attendance other ways. So, if you go to our website, or if you scan the QR code, if you don't know what that is, someone around you can help you. Or find one of the kids, they all know how to do that. Um, and please record your attendance that way on our website. It's under, I believe, Sunday morning. So, with that, please quiet your hearts for the prelude and the lighting of the altar candles.
send up on my heart, wean it from earth through all its pulses moved. That's the first line of that song. I love that song. And it ends with, and let me love thee as I ought to love. I can't remember where I put my car keys this morning, but I can remember that.
Amen. Please join me in the call to worship. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Let us pray together the congregational prayer. Holy Spirit, empower God's people in peace. Giver to those in times of trouble. Breathe on this congregation. Bring life, joy, and exuberance to this house again. Fill our hearts with hope and instill mutual love for one another. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Different in the uh, order just this morning, so now we will have our offering of our gifts. We do not pass the plates, but you can um, mail your checks here to 512 Main Street. You can go online to the, um, to our website or through the Ezekiel app. So, um, if you will once again stand for the doxology. which come to us are yours. We are thankful that you provide for us financially, you provide for us spiritually, and you provide for us in so many other ways. We cannot begin to list the ways you bless us. And so, blessed Lord, we give to you our tithes and offerings now. But more importantly, we give you our love and our esteem. Amen.
I'm out of breath. <laughs> Today's scripture comes from Nehemiah 1, verse 1 through 11. I'm reading from the King James Version. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left in captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them, that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive, and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest. Thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and my commandments, and do them, though there, were, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet I will gather them from thence, and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemest by thy great power. And by thy strong hand, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant, and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church, morning. and hello to those online. Welcome to our service as well as we get started here today. Thank you for, uh, first of all, I am, what you know, your pastor is glad to have a bulletin. Thank you, Nancy. And Waverly, I understand, too, uh, was a lot to do with that, so thank you for uh, helping that. It is great, I know, as I look through this, to see the praises and praises and the sympathies and prayer concerns back on this, because if you're like me, you know, those always come through your email at the most inopportune time when you're driving or doing something, so it's good to have them printed again. Uh, and so we're very thankful for that here today. As we're here, uh, of course, we want to welcome all those that are with us. And uh, as you know, this is the first Sunday after we've taken a vote, and our future is now determined. We have clarity on where we're going and who we are in the future. So, of course, many of you are asking uh, this question, what now? That's a great question. I'm asking it myself. So uh, as we go through this, we're going to be kind of building the, the plane as we fly it, as sometimes it's said. Uh, with that. But of course, I know as you're sitting here thinking, one of the first things you have to wonder uh, is, uh, well, pastor, are you here 
or you're not. You know, when, when Reverend Bias was here, he said that you guys would have a conversation. Uh, my conversation with Tim, I, I don't think it was in confidence, so I think I can tell you pretty openly. He pretty much said to me, uh, Pastor, you are a United Methodist until you tell me otherwise. And as long as the church is happy and you're happy, that's that. Um, so I do need to at some point have a conversation with Tim uh, about those things. But I do want to let you know that, uh, as I told you before, my plan, uh, if this was, you know, when was asked about different kind of scenarios and what would happen, you know, my hope would be to be able to serve this church until June, July, which would be the normal transition time for United Methodist pastors to switch and things like that. Um, and so that's still my hope and my plan. Um, it's ultimately not up to me. It's also up to you as a church and, of course, also those in leadership as well. And so I do want to let you know that uh, here this morning. Um, I do also want to mention to you, as we just had the vote just the other day, uh, I did get a couple questions about, well, what, is there a chance to take a second vote? My understanding is that technically there is opportunity as long as 23, 2023 exists. However, I think practically we've done it, right? I think practically we did all the process, we, we taught our conversations, we did everything that we needed to do, and I view the vote as really final, and I view the vote as what God has determined for our church, as we all listened and heard his voice, and we voted our conscience, and that was that. Um, again, uh, I know people have been asking me about that, but I do view that that is the, the way forward here today, and so I do want to let you know that uh, here, that this is uh, going to be United Methodist Church. And um, if you need to ask for any more votes and things like that, you'd have to go above my head. Just know that. Uh, and, and basically, as I am your pastor, that's how I see to lead you here today. You also just want to take some time uh, as we jump into the sermon proper here today to pray together. So let's pray together. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. The Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as we start today's sermon, I wanted to share with you... Uh, Many of you have been asking about my dad, and I already had it built into the sermon, so I'll share with you now before our prayer request. But as many of you know, uh, I got the word from my family that my dad was not doing well. So this past week, I got to go down and visit with him. Um, it was a nice, you know, Google Maps says it's a 10-hour drive. It is not a 10-hour drive. Uh, and it is especially not a 10-hour drive when you're getting older and you realize, you know, you got to get more stops than you used to when you used to drive. And so uh, it took me quite a bit longer, especially on the way back. Um, I am thankful because I... There was kind of some uh, bad accidents actually on the way back because the weather was just bad enough where it looked innocent, but the roads were actually just ice. And I uh, saw some jackknife semis and things like that on the way back. Did want to share with you, um, as many of you have been asking, first of all, you know, my dad is not in good health at all. Um, he is not, uh, in essence, and he's not getting enough calories for what the calories he's expending. And so, um, in many ways, he's, he's kind of wasting away at this moment. Um, he is. Not on palliative care yet, but that's probably something that's going to be happening this week. And so I got to spend some time with him. And um, as you, I've told you before, my dad not only is uh, recovering from uh, having kidney cancer, but also has Parkinson's and some other health concerns as well throughout this whole process is going on. And so I got to be with my dad. Um, and many of you may relate to this, but uh, you know, my mom passed away in 2009. And, and in my life, it's almost kind of like I've had to say goodbye to multiple dads. You know, there was the dad with my mom. There was a dad sort of after my mom, and now there's the dad that's sort of in a, maybe in more advanced stages of Parkinson's slash uh, and not in good health. And I know uh, my time was not very peaceful uh, in the sense of, um, well, the best way I can say it is when you know that you're probably saying goodbye to someone and they're not ready for that yet, but you know that you may not get another chance. And so... 
um, it's hard. You know, it's always hard to do walk through those moments in life, and uh, your heart hurts, right? Your heart hurts. Well, I think in many ways our scripture here today in Nehemiah is the same. Nehemiah, of course, was an Israelite. Nehemiah was, we actually don't know exactly where he's born, but some think he was even born in captivity. And what I mean by that is if you remember our history of the Israelites, when all the King David and everybody was king, and you go on through the kings down the years, and eventually they just disobeyed God, went their own way. God kept warning and warning, sent the prophets. Eventually they just chose so much, God said, fine. And these other kingdoms came in, Assyria and then Babylon. Especially Babylon was the one that conquered Jerusalem. And when they came, they destroyed it. And they brought the people and they took them out. And anybody who was anybody, anybody who had power or strength or came from a wealthy family or anybody who had any type of any of that, they took them out of Jerusalem and put them other places. Well, eventually Babylon itself is even conquered by the Persians. And this is where the story picks up. Where Nehemiah himself may have, you know, we don't know exactly from the timeline, but he may have been somewhat remembered even as a child, possibly maybe Jerusalem, but Probably most of it was just stories that he heard. He knew that he was Jewish. He knew that he was part of the covenant of God. And so when he, even though had a great and prestigious role in the Persian Empire, he was the cupbearer to the king, as it says in the scripture here today. But as he was there, he asked some people that came back from Jerusalem, you remember our scripture says, he asked about them, inquired, how is Jerusalem doing? How are the people doing? And the report was not good. The war had still damaged it. The people had not been able to rebuild. The wall was destroyed in parts, as it says. The gates itself were still burned with fire. And the people, it says, were in great distress. And the only thing I can think of how to describe Nehemiah's reaction is exactly how I described maybe my time with my dad this past week is that Nehemiah's heart hurt. It says that he went, and after this he sat down, it says in the scripture in verse 4, that I sat down and wept. And for some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. See, this great story of Nehemiah, that's going to get good, but it starts with sadness. It starts with hurt. And it starts probably more than anything else with Nehemiah realizing what has been lost and realizing what he desires to happen yet again. And of course, in the days ahead that we're going to be looking at this, this is a sermon series, I didn't tell you that, but we're starting a sermon series here today. Woo! Right? Uh, As uh, we start this sermon series, we go ahead, of course, Nehemiah is going to take action and good things are going to come of what his reaction to saying yes to the Lord is. But in this moment... It says that he starts in the month of Kislev when he hears these words. And you notice he sits and prays for quite some time. And actually, the action, you just notice it if you ever if you have your Bible, you can go to just chapter 2 real quick. And it says uh, after that, right there, it says in the month of Nisan. So the month of Kislev is like November, December in the Jewish calendar. And the month of Nisan is like March, April. We're roughly talking like four months before any action is taken. That Nehemiah sat, and he mourned what had been lost. He mourned, and he grieved, and he prayed. And he prayed, as we see in that prayer, fervent for the Lord to come and to bring restoration, 
and all the ways that the Lord can do so. Well, I know, church, as we've uh, gone through these days and through this whole voting process, I know that in many ways it may feel like to you, as you look back on the years before COVID, right, and even pre-COVID, that maybe there feels like there's something that's been lost. One of the things I loved when I first came to this church was how much you use this term over and over. We are a church family. We're a church family. We love each other. We're a church family. And I know that going through this voting process and going through all these experiences, in so many ways, whenever you take a vote, you sort of have to bring clarity on what, where your heart is. And when you do that, sometimes you notice that other people have different places where they stand. And that differences can sometimes make you feel apart from each other. I imagine that's probably what a lot of us have been going through in these days, through some people who have told me themselves, but I imagine in some way all of us have to feel that to some degree. In some ways we may look back and say, just like Nehemiah, we've lost something. Something precious. Something we want back. And our hearts this day may mourn. And our hearts this day, as we said before, may just hurt. Church, I want to say if that's you here today, you're in good company. For the people of God have felt this as we read in Scripture time and time again, and the Lord is not done with them. The church, he's not done with you. He's not. Not even remotely. The Lord has good favor in store for you. The Lord has good things ahead of you. At the same time, it's okay to stop to shed a tear, to stop and to mourn, and to remember what it is that you want to rebuild. Now, our walls are up. They're not broken down. Our doors, front doors, right, don't have burn marks on them or anything literal like that. Yet many of us may feel scars in our life. Maybe many of us know the days ahead as we consider our own options and we wonder what lies before us. And in our hearts we know but there will be some hurt yet to come, even from this. As we hear today, the reason why I moved our prayer time to the end of service is because I think we need to spend some time in prayer. I do have some announcements that I need to make to you and to let you know uh, about our church and some things that we need to start working on and work forward to the future. The first is, as you know, uh, we had our normal nominations committee, as remember in our process of normal church years, is back in November we would have, reassign and had a nominations committee uh, reach out to people and put people on different teams. And uh, what normally happens is there's a kind of a class years, if you will, and those class years roll off and new people come up and uh, fulfill those roles. But before the church vote, we really couldn't do that. Well, guess what? Some of those people, it's time for them to roll off. It's time to put new people on that. And so we have some work to do in those days ahead simple, just normal processes that have been on hold, we need to start working on yet again. And as we do that, there's other things that we must also consider. We've had some people in our church who have worked diligently for a long, long time. And they've been so faithful, and it was time to lay down some things, not in the sense of because of our church vote, it was just they've been doing it forever, and they wanted to get through this season, and now that the season is over, it's time for them to lay it down. And they worked hard. So for instance, we need some helpers to help with communion. And we're so thankful for Bill and Monica for doing that for these many years. We're so thankful for you. And again, this has nothing to do with the vote. 
This is just as you know, they've done this for years. It was time to lay it down, but they wanted to get through this season. And so if you're here today, you want to help with that, we need some help in February. We can get you trained, and Bill and Monica are more than willing to help. If you want to talk to me afterwards, we can set that up. We do need some just practical things. For instance, we always have an official uh, counter go around the church and count not only this sanctuary, but other places as well. Uh, the person who had done that has resigned, and so we need a new one. If you're someone who is sitting here today and you say, you know what, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to, in the middle of service, you know, get up at some point, go around and make all the count, make it an official in-person count. We need that, and we need that really starting next week. But there's other things that we must mourn here today. I received letters from this week of those that simply looked at the path that we've chosen and could say, well, I cannot go on this path. Not because, you know, the vote didn't go the way, but they just simply see it and they say, this is not my conscience, I can't do this. And so we do have some resignations that I need to let you know as a church. We, as you know, we have co-lay leaders and both of them have resigned from their position. We've also had our lay delegate also resign from his position. Some of those that are on nominations have resigned as well as those on scholarship committees and other committees as well. We want to just let you know also that there are some that have said, I can no longer be a member of the church. And so there are some that will be ending their membership. There's at least one that said, I would like to go ahead and end it. And so we do mourn here today, some that we've walked with, some of our church family that will be leaving us. And so we do mourn Nancy Myers, who has let me know that her membership uh, wants to be terminated. We also mourn some of those that say, I know that in these days ahead, I won't be able to walk with you. But until I find a church home, let me keep my membership there, but know that I will be no longer coming back. And they've let me know this. And they wanted me to let you all know in, in the appropriate ways, and I think it's, this is the best way to do that, is to let you know there are a few church families that will not be with us. Uh, Jeff and Joyce Myers are leaving. They're resigning uh, from all their different positions of the church. And we do pray for them because they want to find a church home. Also, Larry and Patty Flowers did the same, and so uh, they want to let us, we want to pray for them as well to find a new church home. And I don't know if they'll end up watching this, but for all those that I just mentioned, we love you very much. We pray blessings on you in these days ahead. We know that you'll always find a church home here, even if you find another place to call home. This will always be your family. I know others have reached out, but of course, uh, they're still deciding and discerning of what their future is whether they will stay or not. Their names are not ready to be read in any ways, but do know that we pray for you as well, as you let me know. Now, I do want to say that um, when we think of those who may not go on this journey ahead of us, it'd be really, really easy to say that they're leaving just because they didn't get their way. And I think that's really inaccurate, and that's really not a way to deal with the grief that we face. Because the truth is, is that they're leaving not because they didn't get their way. They're leaving because they feel in their conscience God calling them. And the way we've chosen, they just can, simply cannot walk. So when I talked to those that are leaving, they weren't mad. They weren't angry. They just said, Pastor, we have to go. As your pastor, I bless them and let them know we've been praying for them and let them know that we be telling the church in appropriate ways their decisions. And so church, you know, as you think about this, we need lay leaders. We need lay delegates. We need some people on the nominations committee. We need some people to fill those roles of those who are stepping aside and laying that burden down. 
mentioned before, we have other things, not just from people leaving, but just time for people to resign from and hand over to someone else. We have immediate needs, again, of communion and counting. You know, every time uh, my family has gone through hard times, one of the things we've always done is take time to weep. I've told you before, but I'll tell you it again. When my mom was passing away, my probably favorite memory of her dying days was the day I just crawled up in bed with her. I just told her, Mom, I'm going to miss you. We just held each other. And we wept. You see, what Nehemiah maybe knew instinctively was that if you don't take the time to grieve, you won't have the strength for the journey ahead. If you don't take the time to grieve, you won't have a clear picture of what it is you're trying to build. And so if we're to build this house again, as we prayed many times, for God to rain down his love and to sing so greatly, for this to be the house of joy, to feel like a family again where you look at everyone that's in this room and know again that they have your back and you have their back, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some volunteering. It's going to take pulling on sort of our bootstraps, so to speak, to help make this place feel like that again. However, that's for another day. Today is the day where we're the people of God, where we hear this news, we take time to grieve. I mentioned this is a sermon series, so we're not going to just end the sermon series right there. No, there's hope ahead. But it's okay for the people of God to pause and to mourn and to grieve. Let us pray. God, as we're here today, we're so thankful for the stories of men and women of faith that are told throughout Scripture. And God, in some ironic ways, we're strengthened here today that life was not always easy for them. Life was not always simple. Big decisions were made. Big mistakes were sometimes made. Families were sometimes torn apart. And yet, God, the people of God, so often when they found themselves mourning and in distress, you showed up. You worked miracles. You brought people together that never thought they would be together. You opened doors to others and welcomed them. So, God, as we're here as this church, even though we know this is a hard Sunday, and even though we know that the path before us is going to be fraught with all sorts of hardship, we also, Lord, know that you're with us. So God, we grasp hold of that hand that's outstretched to us now. To bring us out from wherever we are. Set us on firm paths. And to once again, build this Groveport United Methodist Church to be the best church it can possibly be for you and for our community. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, if you would like to get out your bulletins and look at our prayer request for today, we do have our praises and sympathies that we want to mention here today. Not only those that we talked about in our sermon, but also some sympathies that we share with you. You want to just, uh, of course, lift up Heidi Christensen's. Her mother-in-law passed away, and so we're still praying for you and your family, Terry, and especially Heidi as well. And of course, as it sees there, we also want to keep Ryan, Heidi, and, and Elise in our prayers. You see our other prayer concerns that are listed there. We continue to lift up all those. Uh, I'll be updated you and my dad, but uh, there are some other updates there as far as uh, what is going on. We do, of course, want to lift up Daniel B., one of our own who's traveling to Liberia, so we do pray for uh, prayers for his journey. 
He already left, right? He's not, he wasn't here this morning. Yeah, okay, I thought so. Yeah. We'll pray for Daniel on his trip and that he has a good time there and back and safe travels. And also, as always, you can always send in your prayer requests. And also, uh, you can do that through prayer at groveportumc.org. We have a prayer team that faithfully prays for those. We also do have also um, the ability to always call the church office and contact us. Uh, just a note about that. This is another week where uh, Nancy will be here Wednesday and Friday, correct? This week. And then next week, Tuesday, Thursday. Another week of Tuesday, Thursday, and then we'll have normal office hours after that as Nancy uh, is retiring from her other position to help come and serve at our church uh, as the church secretary. We're thankful for you. And again, Nancy, thank you for the work. I know it was not an easy week to be, hey, start your job with the pastor gone and all this going on, but thank you so much uh, for what you do for our church. You also want to mention here today, the altar rail is open. We're going to take some time in prayer like we normally do. But of course, I know that uh, in your hearts, you'll also be thinking of those that are no longer going to be with us. But we pray for the doors of our church to welcome new people in these days ahead. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we remind ourselves that you taught many great teachings when you were here on this earth in the person of Jesus Christ. God, we remember how you taught that if your child should ask for bread, would you give them a snake? You remind us, Lord, that if we ask for good things, how well you will just portion them to us. So we, your people, gather in this hour. This time, Lord, we're truly our hearts grieve and our hearts hurt. In many ways, we are saying goodbye to some of our family. We cannot walk this journey ahead. 
In many ways, Lord, we grieve what we've lost. But God, we ask your blessing for these days ahead. As Lord, we try as best we can always to discern your will and walk into the future. Lord, you know each of our hearts. You know each of what we go through. You know, Lord, even sometimes our bent to selfishness and to sin. Yet you love us. So God, as we prayed through this service, rain down on us once again. Rain down your goodness, rain down your peace, rain down your love. Just as a child who is going through a hard times that sometimes runs off and weeps in a corner, Lord, may you be that good parent that finds us, picks us up, holds us in your arms, and gently whispers in our ear that everything is going to be okay. Uh, that's our hope and our faith and our trust in you and in whom we have no other. God, we know that you're not done with us. We know you're not done with this church. You're not done for this community. So God, we take time to look to you, to remember your goodness, to receive it once again. Give us courage for these days ahead. God, as we also come, we lift up the many other burdens of our world and many things that are going on. You know, many are sick, many need, have illnesses, many have been given new, bad news by the doctors. And so we pray for healing in all these. For those that have upcoming appointments, may, Lord, they find discernments, may they find care that they need. For those, Lord, who have ongoing treatments, may you bless them through the healing powers of nurses, doctors, and medicine. Lord, where all of our human knowledge ends and we have yet to even understand the mysteries of the body, may your Holy Spirit do the rest. May you breathe new life into the very cells of our being. That each one could work properly and give glory to you. Make us feel healthy. And once again, walk this path you would have for us to serve others. We do, Lord, lift up our world. We lift up, Lord, those that are lonely, those that are depressed. We lift up those that are far from family or those on travels that take them far and wide. We pray for those who have lost loved ones that grieve here this day. We pray for those, Lord, who have said goodbye, even though it's not quite goodbye yet to those loved ones. God, we pray, Lord, for our world. We pray, Lord, for our first responders. May they be kept. Safe. We pray for those shut-ins that are listed in our bulletin and be with each and every single one of them. Lord, we pray for the military service around the world, that they would not only be keepers of peace, but you would bring them back to their families whole and healthy. God, we pray for ourselves. Lord, even sometimes when we give up on ourselves, Lord, may you reach out once again. Pick us back up, stand us on our feet. Hold our hand and walk with us. Give us mercy once again. Forgive us our sins. And once again, Lord, lead us into paths of love for others. God, as we're here today, we pray for those who come to seek your special touch. May they feel the blessing evermore right now. May they, Lord, close the prayer request that we bring before your altar every week. May each of these be held in your sight as we persistently bring them to you. May you hear our prayers and work through them to do amazing things for our church and for our world. 
God, we love you. And again, we ask for this church to always walk with you. We know you're going to guide us in the days ahead. Make it very clear your will. And Lord, may you give us courage for this road ahead. Strength for the days. Just like in Nehemiah's day, to rebuild walls, rebuild gates, to bring safety to people, and to once again bring life where sometimes destruction feels like it's caused its course. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we pray that prayer you taught your disciples that marks us as your followers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And as you're able, and sing this great hymn, Savior, Like a Shepherd, Lead Us.
being in worship with us once again, and thank you to those online that joined us as well. As we go, I'd like to hear or read, that is, from a uh, famous quoted psalm for you. That's Psalm 30, verse 5. It says this, Weeping may remain for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Dear church, God is not done with you. That's not done with us. There's good days ahead. May you go now with the God who holds us tight, never lets go. The God who paves the path before us to do his good work. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we go.